720 WGN. It's Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. One of my favorite guests joining the program right now, John Heggie from Heggie Walkner Law Firm. John, I put your wife, Corinne, as number one, you number two. Is that okay? Well, I'll take that any day of the week. (laughs) Of course, she should be number one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Corinne and John, husband and wife team at Heggie Walkner Law Firm. They do all things real estate, not real estate, all your estate planning, excuse me, trust agreements, that sort of stuff. Uh, although that often does involve your real estate there, John. Um, I wanted to ask you, we're going to get to, and by the way, if you have any questions about your estate planning, trusts versus wills, Trust me, these people can deal with this, and they can answer your questions now as well. 312-981-7200. Please, please get on the line because we often load up the phone lines with questions for John or Corinne. But I saw this story, John. I thought of you. A Gage Park man here on the northwest side of the city passed away in 2016. He lived in a modest bungalow on South Troy Street. He never married. He had no children. He had no immediate family. His brothers and sisters had no kids. He was 87 years old, and he had a boat named Easy, and his wealth ballooned to $11 million, and that money had nowhere to go. Does that make your head hurt when you hear something like that, John? (laughs) You know, it does. It's a really extreme example, though, of something that's not uncommon, you know? A lot of people, they work, they, you know, bring their assets together, and that's kind of where their focus is. And then, you know, they're always thinking, I might need this later, I might need this later. And then suddenly, you know, they, they pass away, and there's nowhere for it to go. And so it, it's not uncommon, but certainly having $11 million un, unclaimed, now that's uncommon. That is uncommon. So each heir is going to get about $60,000 because there's like 119 of them in other countries. I mean, this is a messy situation that the state and one of their lawyers had to go through to, to figure this out. Oh, it, it really is. And it's a bit of a tragedy on a couple of fronts as well. You know, you know obviously the first front is, you know, he, he saved all this money and, you know, he did well. And he, you know, he probably had some nice luck in there as well. But, uh, and he's got this, you know, huge pile of 11 million. And he probably had somebody in his life a charity, a person, uh, a school, a church, something that he would have wanted this money to go to. And maybe at some point in his life, he thought, well, it'll just go to my closest relative who happens to be, you know, my third cousin once removed. But it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. If you don't make a plan, it goes, you know, the way the court says. And the court says to split it evenly amongst these far-flung relatives, many of whom he never even heard of. I think a lot of times we think that money is like a limitation. Like, oh, you own, that estate planning is for rich people. and But we see this in all walks of life, rich or, or more modest money. Often, I mean, it does, we've seen celebrities leaving millions and millions of dollars with nowhere to go. So, John, do you think it's more like a psychological thing or it's just an avoidance thing? Why everyday folks, whether you're making not that much, don't have all that much, or making millions, make these mistakes? Yeah, you know, I I, don't, I really don't know. Of course, I think if we could unlock that, boy, we'd have more business and we know what to do with it. Huh. But uh, I, I think part of it is it, it's definitely just not thinking it through. And I hate to use the word selfish, but it's a little selfish in that, hey, you know, uh, I've got all this. Uh, when I don't need it, I'm just going to let it blow away in the wind versus mm-hmm. giving it to somebody who might need it or, or who might want it, you know, with, and, you know, 
keeping that underneath your roof and your own family is, you know, is the you know, most common way to do that, and that's fine. But what I don't think people in that situation do, you know, for whatever those drivers are that you were talking about, they don't think it through in the sense that, you know, one of the other tragedies that happens, you know, in a situation like this is, the, you know, the attorney fees. And I never want to say attorney fees are tragic because right. I'm an attorney and I collect fees. But, right, right. But, you know, but he had to, you know this, this guy, Mr. Stanzik, he had to spend a lot of money. You know, if you if you did the math on 119 people got around $60,000 each, well, that only comes up to about $7 million, which means $4 million went the way, you know, of attorney fees, court fees, court costs. And that could have gone to a charity. Exactly. And think think about how the size of an impact that that would make. And then, you know, you talk about a regular person. Hey, gosh, you know, $4,000 in the right hands could really do a lot of good for a lot of people, not to mention $4 million. So That's a great point. I, I think that's... That's the thing that people just don't think it through. Yeah. HeggyLaw.com is where you can uh, t- uh, reach Corinne or John. I'm going to put you on hold, John. We're going to talk more after the news. 312-981-7200. Do you have any questions about, should I get a will? I wrote a will 15 years ago. Things have changed. Do I need to change that will? What's going to happen after I pass? Doesn't my husband automatically get everything? Doesn't my cousin automatically get everything? Maybe you've thought that in your head. Let's get an answer to that now, right? We have John on the line. Let's get an answer to that right now. 312-981-7200. We'll do that after the news on WGN. 720 WGN. John Hansen in on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. John Heggie from Heggie Walkner Law here as well. And John, we have a couple of texters wanting to know what number to reach you at. 847-272-7360 is the best way to reach you and Corinne, right? That's it. 847-272-7360. And people can be calling you if it's a trust, a will, just kind of generally anything that has to do with your estate and how you plan it and, and what happens uh, to, to your heirs, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and you, and you touch on it right there. There's, there's lots of ways to plan your estate. You know, and, you know, what kicked off this call about this gentleman with the $11 million, you know, there were a lot of ways that he could have done some planning, and unfortunately, he did none. It cost four million dollars. Yeah. So uh, you know, we, we can help you out in different ways for sure. Carol uh, called. She didn't want to come on the line though, but she says, "What happens if you don't have any heirs? What are your options?" Well, one is you know, and I think the you know the the, the gentleman that we're talking about is the perfect example. You probably do have heirs. Uh, you don't know it. Uh, you might not know them. They might not know you, but you've got somebody here that you're related to uh, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. What about 847 wants to know, what's the best way to do this if you don't have a lot of money to spend on lawyer fees? I have some medical debt. I'm paying a mortgage and a car. And I think a lot of listeners are in that boat too, right? Where it's like, you know, I, one of these options sounds great, but I don't know if I could afford it. I mean, I imagine if they call you, they're, you can at least give them the outline of what might be a little bit less expensive right now. You could build towards something else later, perhaps. Right. You know, and, and that's the point. You know, most of us don't have $11 million lying around that we're worried about. You know, it's, it's significantly less. But we all have an, an estate of some size. And, you know, there are options that you can do. And, you know, some are more appropriate for, you know, larger estates than smaller estates. 
but it's always important to do something no matter what the size of the estate is. And the person and can certainly help. Yeah, and the person was talking about lawyer fees specifically because I imagine there's some things that take you and what you guys do a lot of work, obviously, and that's a bigger thing. But at least you could guide people in the right direction uh, if they call you and, and they can tell you a little bit about more what they're able to do uh, in terms of, of a fee, right? Well, yeah, we're always happy to have a free consultation and just kind of lay out what we think would be the best way to go. We can provide those costs up front uh, or, you know, someone can just, you know, just walk away with a little bit more knowledge about what they can do on their own. Amen. And I was just going to say that, John, is that even just calling you guys at 847-272-7360 is such like an important first step mentally. Maybe even if they end up you know, not going in that direction right away, I think just even starting that conversation is huge for people. Absolutely. Everything starts, you know, one step at a time, right? Yeah. Got to take that first step. Got to take that first step. And uh, Corinne and John do a great job with that. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. And 708 wants to know, hi, John, I have a revocable trust. I have some changes. I'm wondering if I make changes and the initial modifications, will they be legal? So it seems like this person wants to make some changes on their own. Yeah, and that's what a neat thing about a revocable trust is that, which is you know generally what most people have uh, when they when they create a trust, is that you can change any or all of it at any time that you're still alive. So uh, you can certainly amend it, and those changes are completely legal. Right, and can they do it on their own, or should they contact their lawyer, contact you guys, just to make sure everything's up and up? Well, I think it's always better to go through an attorney for legal matters, nope. uh, just as, you know, as a general rule. Uh, but, you know, in theory, you could draft your own amendment and, uh, you know, just sign your name, have it notarized. Uh, that, and that should be enough to, you know, indicate your testamentary intent, like what you meant to do with your testimony. If if someone does a revocable trust with uh, you or Corinne, and then they call and they want to make changes along the line, it's not like starting from scratch, right? You two probably have the files all ready to go, and sticking with you guys makes sense, right? Because you can kind of build this together. Absolutely. Yeah, you, right. You know, it, 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 you, the first step is the biggest step, you know, getting the, the plan created, and then the tweaks that you put in through the years along the way, they're just simply that, you know, just updates here and there. Um, but you never have to go back to zero. All right, I'm going to go to line one. Kathy, oh, I just hung up on John because we didn't lock him in. Iridian, I always do that. Hey, Kathy, can you hold on during the commercial break? Yes. I hung up on the guy you actually wanted to talk to, the John you really wanted to talk to. I got no answers for you, Kathy. I'm sorry. Stay on the line, though, okay? Okay. We're going to work on getting John back. Uh, We'll take this break right now and more Let's Get Legal. Because uh, I hit the wrong button on WGN. Let's get legal powered by the Illinois State Bar Association already. And let's lock Mr. Heggie in, if you don't mind, to make sure that I don't hang up on him again. Thanks. Sorry about that, John. Uh, and let's go to oh, Kathy. Yeah, that happens. Let's go to Kathy. Kathy, thanks for staying on with us. What's your question? Well, I have, I don't have a lot of money, but I have like an IRA and I have, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and those all have beneficiaries. So only thing in my will that I wanted to put in was pets. I have, I now have seven birds. Oh, wow. And birds live a long time. Sure do. Uh, mine, mine live about 30 years. So there's a couple that have another 20 to go. Okay. And so what I did was I just put like a certain amount in a person. But I was thinking that 
that might change. And is that the best place to write it out? Or is there, is it better for me to, um, it, like a codicil? Or so? I don't know what those legal terms are. Well, let's Something say, yeah, that can jo- be changed without having to change the whole will. Yeah, John, what are you thinking? You've, you've probably dealt with pets before. Oh, sure. So, yeah, uh, you know, you're right on the money. A codicil is uh, the legal term for uh, an amendment to a will. Uh, so you certainly could. You could just, you know, make a little change on that, or you could draft a, a new will entirely. Uh, you know, if you have kind of once you start to have more than one or two codiciles, it's a better idea just to make a new one. But that's a completely appropriate place to put directions for pets. Do you have to file that with someone, John? Like if someone's just like typing out a will on their word processor on their computer at home, is is that is that legally binding? Like I wouldn't even know where to begin in terms of like, do I have to take that to court to say, here's my change or here's my will? How does that work? So, uh, you know, one of the great things about estate planning overall is that you can change it anytime you want while you're still alive. Therefore, we don't file it with any sort of authority until the, you know, until it's ready to be executed, i.e. the person has passed away. So uh, you, you wouldn't do that. But, you know, just drafting a will on your own, there are some pitfalls that you need to watch out for. Uh, you know, Illinois has some very specific laws around how wills are executed. Um, so even though we don't file them with an authority right away, they still have to be executed in the proper manner in order to be valid when the person does pass away. Okay. Kathy, that all makes sense to you? Yes. All Thank right. you. Hey, thanks for calling, Kathy. 312-981-7200. That's mm-hmm. our phone number. The phone number for John Heggie and Corinne Heggie at Heggie Walkner Law is 847-272-7360. I wanted to add one thing, John. Just because if I have beneficiaries, you know, like people have beneficiaries on your IRAs, your 401ks. I mean, those are obviously legally binding things, right? But if someone just has a bunch of beneficiaries declared on their IRAs and such, that doesn't mean that they're all completely... Everything's covered just because they've listed a couple on a website, right? Right. You know, it does take care of that asset. You know, like you said, 99 times out of 100, it's just going to pass from, you know, to the beneficiary you designate. You know, occasionally there are problems like your beneficiary predeceased you, then there's no place for the IRA to go. So then that's when we would turn to the will and see, you know, what we want there. Uh, otherwise, the judge has to get involved uh, through, you know, through a probate on something like that. Um, and, and there are other things, you know, like our caller just mentioned, you know, she's got these IRAs and that's that. Well, you know, she also has personal property that she might own, you know, the furniture in your house, the jewelry, things like that. You know, all of those things need to have a place to go as well. Okay. And that's something you can handle in a well. Okay. I want you to address this. I had never heard this before today, but a texter wanted to bring it up. Although they're going to call you on Monday, they say, despite this superstition, there's a lot of older people that don't do estate planning because they're superstitious. If you make a plan, the the bad thing may happen. My best friend did hers and died a month later, but I'm calling John on Monday anyways. But uh, I had never heard this, but Audrey Anderson brought this up as well when we were chatting about that we were going to, you and I were going to talk, that there's actually a superstition that if you plan your estate, then the worst is going to happen. I mean, you've done a lot of these. Is there any truth to that, John? Well, I, I've certainly. I've seen it. Uh, you know, what, what we see more than anything is the, the opposite, is where someone didn't plan their estate and they wish that they, and they passed away and they probably wish that they had because, you know, it can create a real mess. Okay. That's good to know. There you go. John, we had a question from a caller who didn't want to have their voice on the air. This is a little complicated, so stay with me, okay? 
You bet. She lives with someone. They're not married, but they're partners, okay? Cohabitating, I think, is the official term for that. Uh-huh. They've been doing this for about 17 years. They have no kids. The man that she cohabitates with, her partner, has an ex who he has as the beneficiary of his past work plan that has a 401k, but he has no will. Will his family, which is his sister, get anything if she doesn't, if she, the woman who called, doesn't set up a will, or will the ex get everything? This sounds like something that I'd want to get some of this stuff in writing. Right, I would too. This seems messy. So, yeah, it sure does, but... But very common. You know, lots of things are. You know, we can help make these less messy. That's that's what we do. So as it's set up now, the the gentleman's work plan assets, whatever's in there, that's gonna go to the ex. Uh because that's a that's a contract that they signed on those documents. Not the sister, uh, the, right? Because it would go to a, a previous marriage. Yeah. You know, even though they don't have a legal relationship anymore, he and his ex, um, that's who he designated to go. You can designate anyone you want as your beneficiary. Uh, and, you know, currently he has designated that person. So that's where it would go. Everything else would not go to his new domestic partner. It would go to his uh, his uh, relationship family with his sister uh, and, you know, whoever else he had inside that family. So the one uh, that... By default, and, unless he made a will. Right. So if, if he passes... Since they are not legally married, unless they've written something down, filed something, made a will, then this person gets nothing. Correct. I think that we, I, I think we talked about that. Maybe it was you and me and Corinne talked about cohabitation, right? About how right. it's it's growing in popularity. And hey, power to anyone to do whatever the heck you want to do, right? I Absolutely, know that people, people's, sure. people's vibes about marriage have changed over the years, et cetera, et cetera. But talk to John and Corinne because if yeah. you don't write it down, you're going to be you're in a load of trouble. Absolutely. You know, the, yeah, the, the laws that are written, you know, envision a different world than what we live in. Uh, and they move very slowly and they're going to be behind society probably always. Uh, but, you know, we can certainly help catch any anybody up to, uh, you know, what their current situation is. Yeah. 847-272-7360 is John and Corinne's number at Heggie Walkner Law Firm. You can also go to HeggieLaw.com. That's H-E-G-G-I-E Law. Dot com. All right, we got another question, John. You ready? You bet. Let's go to Jay. Jay, how are you doing? Uh, how are you doing? Good. What's I, have question? Question re- I have a question regarding bank accounts. Um, I have family members, and I get you know I have a couple hundred grand in the bank account. Good for you. But I don't want to. I don't want to add them as a uh, you know account user at the time. You don't want them as a mm-hmm. user on the account. Currently, right. But if I pass, how do I pass that along? Okay. Good question, John. Right, so there's uh, you know there's various versions of where you can have more than one person on an account. Uh, in, in the case that you're describing, you just have to designate them the beneficiary. Uh, if you have, you know, then that account would go you know straight to them. But that, they but, don't you know, have to have access in the current moment while you're living. They they can't touch anything. They can't do anything with it. But they're just the beneficiary. So if you pass, when you pass, then they would have that control, right, John? Am I understanding that right? That's absolutely right. And, you know, for an older person, you might want to add someone as a signor on your trust. I know the caller doesn't want to do that, and that's, that's fine, but add them as a signor on your checking account or have them as a joint owner. Uh, and the difference there would be if you're a joint owner and the, and the person passes, whoever you held it jointly with is now the owner. 
um, versus just a signer that they wouldn't become the owner and you'd have to designate a beneficiary like this gentleman was talking about doing. And the benefit if you did have someone as a joint owner is that they're just, they just take over that. The, they already have some control and the minute something happens, they're still in control. I mean, it, nothing changes at the point of passing, right? Right. They're kind of like a signer and a beneficiary. Right. That's not what end up owning it outright. Right. That's not what Jay wants to do. But Jay, did that make sense about no. how? It makes perfect sense. Thank you. All Appreciate right. It. Sounds good. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to give some people your money that they don't. Hey, when I pass, you can get my, my, my the money that I earn, <laughs> but not until then. Uh, oh, sir. John, uh, I imagine that uh, I, I'm looking forward to people calling you on Monday because we're going to a lot of great texts asking for your number, 847-272-7360. I imagine the lesson is do something today, right? Absolutely. That's perfect summary. All right. Oh, by the way, 847 chimed in with one last question. Can you be the trustee of a trust and be a beneficiary of that trust? Sure, you can. Initially, you know, when you create a trust, um, you know, you're the grantor, you're the person who makes it, you're the beneficiary of that trust throughout your lifetime, and you are also the trustee of that trust. Okay. So you, you can sure do that. All right. I'm glad we snuck one more in, John. Good to talk with you, my friend, as always. You too. Thank you very much. Take care. John Heggie, 847 272 7360. Seriously, Corinne and John, they're great people. <laughs> they listen to you. They chat with you, they find out what you want to do, and they help you get there. I trust them a lot as well. All right, that's going to do it for Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. We'll be back next week. I believe we're next Sunday, because Northwestern's at 11 in the morning. I'll double-check that and let you know. Uh, But we'll, of course, be back on Halloween for Your Money Matters on this Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. we got Dave Plyer, more Halloween fun coming up on 720 WGN.